Hello everybody, welcome back to Witch Fix. Today we're looking at The Dress by Sophie Nichols. Obviously that's not a very witchy title, but I found this one via Belinda um, on Borrowbox, like the audiobook service provided by the library, and then obviously I purchased it as a physical book because I really can't focus on audiobooks that well. Um, but it's basically, and I don't want to do it a disservice here, but it is essentially chocolat, but about dresses. Uh, so it's the, the same kind of story, a woman and her daughter blow into a conservative town, in this case York in England, and open up a little boutique, in this case a vintage dress shop, and they are met with both friendship by fellow downtrodden or otherwise ostracised individuals, and derision and plotting from the, the more socially elite. So as you can see, it, it's, it's kind of following that chocolat formula, which I'm not saying that chocolat invented, but it's definitely like the most well-known example that I can think of. What's different about this is I feel like in this case, the main characters have more reason to be not necessarily afraid, but guarded against outsiders to, to be on the lookout. In, in Chocolat, it was very much this kind of idea of them being nomadic, uh, her being an unmarried woman with a child. But this kind of shifts it more into a more concrete place of prejudice because the mother, who goes by the name Fabia Moreno for most of the book, although her real name is Farah, is passing herself off as an Italian woman and a widow, whereas, in fact, her husband was Italian and she is from Iran. So she's trying to shield her daughter from that prejudice, um, which is kind of rife, the Islamophobia all over England and Europe. And so she's trying to shield her from that by pretending to be Italian and kind of carries that off quite well for most of the book. Although obviously uh, in the climactic events, uh, some of these secrets are revealed. She's also keeping it quite close to her chest about the death of her husband, although to be fair, you just kind of get told that he's dead and you just accept that. So it wasn't necessarily a mystery that I was aching to get to the bottom of. But by the time you reach the end of the book, it's sort of treated as this thing that we should have been wanting to know this whole time, as opposed to just accepting the fact that he was dead. Uh, I am going to trigger warn because there is discussion of both sexual assault and abuse like in the novel. So I'll be discussing that as I get in the plot. Quite similar to Chocolat, there's a lot of charm and poetry in the descriptions of things. In this case, vintage clothing, jewellery, perfumes, things like that being sold by the shop. Um, there's a lot of kind of magical touches, although, again, I think it compares kind of unfavourably to Chocolat in that, and this was kind of my main issue with the book, the magic that is being done at the dress shop, while more overtly called magic, has less of an effect on the characters in the book. So in Chocolat, she's like mixing herbs and spices and things into chocolate, but just to like flavour them as you would normally make chocolate. But then kind of ascribing these magical effects onto them. And you see these happen to people. Like she gives people chocolates to, to warm their blood and give them courage. And they end up leaving their abusive husbands um so you can see that kind of direct cause and effect in that very magical realism way of is it her friendship that is emboldening them or is it this magical chocolate the magic that fabia does to her dresses is in many ways more overt so in addition to making the, the the actual dresses out of fabrics and cutting them in such a way and being like this color is emboldening and strengthening 
She also chooses a word which like comes to her as she's making each dress and that word is then embroidered into a hidden seam in the outfit but where it's embroidered is also important so like near the throat to give you confidence in speaking or you know down at the hem to keep you grounded things like that and it's that magic word and she also sometimes sews in a little shaped metal charm um usually it's like a hem weight but also is like a magical charm which are like finished by being held through a candle flame or cleansed in like the night so that there's very overt magic there but you don't really see it affect anybody because although people come in and they buy the clothes and then they seem like wearing them and they seem happier you don't know what word was put into their clothing you don't know what charm it was so although you know that fabia is doing this magic you don't know for what and so it's impossible to see the results because you don't know what you're looking for and i guess maybe that has its own unique charm like you're just sort of watching magic unfold without knowing if she did anything at all but the practice of her magic is quite overt and well described she has like a hidden magic book and candles and things that she keeps under her floorboards so her daughter can't find them and on the flip side of that you can't really see it accomplishing anything so i wasn't sure how on board with that i was the only real overt magic that we see are the signals which seems to be kind of like aura reading um this reminded me a lot of the lollipop shoes which is the secret to sh uh, sequel to chocolat in which um anuk and her mum and I think Zoe as well, like the, the evil character, all comment on being able to see the colours. And the colours are basically like auras around people. You see differences in their colours from day to day, like the secret yellowish glow of greed or whatever it is. Uh, and in this it's called The Signals. And at various points, Ella and her mother, um, Fabia, will comment that they can see the signals squiggling around in blues and greens or reds and blacks and things like that. But again, we're not really told what these colours mean. So she'll see her mother with her new boyfriend and see it squiggling blue and yellow. But it's like, what do, what do blue and yellow mean? The only time we really get told what they mean is shortly before um events that i'm going to describe now so beware spoilers so they're at this fancy party which is sort of like part of the climax of the story like the party for the royal wedding and ella has been asked to go and get her mother's handkerchief from the coat room but she sees the fancy lady and the nasty man from the town council getting it on and him being drunk follows her and tries to threaten her and she sees as she's going down this corridor the signals in red and black saying danger danger keep out which she ignores but that's the only time we're really told that the signals are actually saying something like it's in italics it's like this is what this means and then she ignores it she goes into the coat cupboard and he pushes her against a wall and puts his hand up her skirt and like pinches her butt um and then she's kind of traumatized for the next couple of chapters uh, until like the truth finally comes out um but that's really the only time we see the signals being given a meaning and like i said it, it goes kind of unremarked upon she she doesn't really acknowledge it so it feels like it doesn't really exist to her even though she's seeing it she's not looking at it if you see what i mean 
Despite those gripes with kind of the magical realism aspect, I did really enjoy the book. Again, as I said, it was like chocolate, and I really love chocolate, so what's not to like? I was hoping that we would get some hints at some animosity uh, more to the foreground um, there is this nasty councilman Mr Pike who keeps coming in and sniffing around and seems like a pervert and this lady Camilla who is very rich and very bored and kind of reminded me of Caro in Chocolat who also seemed to be very judgmental of Fabia and her whole thing Fabio had also struck up a romance with the local doctor and I was kind of interested to see where that would go but it took a really long time for the actual antagonists to reveal themselves and nearly all the way through the book it just kind of felt like we were bobbing along and waiting for something to happen because there were no real stumbling blocks and nothing to really add friction to the plot it was just sort of going really well and then we got introduced to this um, mysterious old lady who died and, and given all her clothes to the vintage shop and then nothing really came of that either. So it, it just kind of felt like I was waiting for something to happen. And then when it did, even though I was kind of floating along having a good time, because it was a very poetic, very lovely read, when the actual shit hit the fan, it wasn't as satisfying as I had hoped. So again, with spoilers, I'm just going to go through like what happened at the shit hitting you know, the, the, the fan moment. It is around page 240, 244 of a book that is around 290 pages long. So real close to the end. Um, so essentially what has happened is there was the assault at the royal wedding party and that has gone unremarked upon. Ella's obviously keeping that very close to her chest. She doesn't know what to do. Her mother's noticed that something's wrong but hasn't actually asked her what that is. And then... Ella's new school friend, uh, who is the daughter of the posh lady that hates the dress shop, comes to her with these fantastic vintage Chanel dress and fancy shoes and a headdress covered in like diamantes. And is like, oh, my mum was having a clear out and she said that maybe you could sell these and she's just going to give them to you for free. And Fabia just believes this, which is odd because she's not stupid, is the thing. She's very cunning woman she's very aware of things happening around her because she's kind of attuned to look for that danger uh, based on you know her past and the death of her husband so i don't know why she just takes these clearly very valuable things from the daughter of someone she knows doesn't like her very much she even wonders if it might be a trick but still puts them up for sale anyway and i guess maybe because she's already had those dresses donated by the the dead rich old lady Maybe there's precedent for her to just accept these things, but it felt weird that she wouldn't question it. And sure enough, this turns out to be a trick because when she has this big fancy charity auction to auction off some of these things, that woman shows up and says, what are you doing with the dresses that you've clearly stolen from me in your window, you brazen hussy? Uh, so... Obviously everything kicks off and then it turns into that scene from Friends. You know when everyone has to like stay and eat the shepherd's pie trifle and they're like, I want to leave and everyone starts just blurting out everyone's secrets. It's basically that because 
she says why have you stolen my dresses fabia says i haven't stolen your fucking dresses everyone starts blaming everybody else for this uh billy who's her daughter's boyfriend starts saying you know how did you come by these dresses oh it was her daughter that brought them oh so maybe she did it on purpose and then someone blames ella and says she put the daughter up to it and then ella reveals that she was assaulted by counselor pike and then runs out so it's you know accusations go flying and then ella runs out and then people chase after her and realize what has happened and they make up and everything's fine for the end of the novel except it kind of isn't we don't really get the satisfying payoff of you know the end of chocolat so in chocolat you get all of this antagonism building up between the priest and the chocolate shop owner and it ends in this climactic moment where he breaks into her chocolate shop intending to smash it up and ruin it on the night before easter and instead because he's been fasting so long for lent and to punish himself he is overcome by chocolates he eats a bunch of them falls asleep and is discovered covered in chocolate in in the window come easter morning and is humiliated and that's satisfying because he's the bad guy he has been defeated at the end of this book nothing happens to councillor pike or at least nothing that we read um because you know ella's allegations are never taken any further and nothing bad happens to him what i thought was going to happen and what i would much rather had happened he's mentioned all throughout the book as wearing this ill-fitting um overcoat this black overcoat and i thought when he came to the charity auction um that ella was kind of eyeing this coat up and i was like ah, i see what's going to happen and i like this that he was going to maybe put it in like a coat room because of the symmetry of you know what he had done to her in the coat room and she would take it and using what she learned from her mother's secret book that she'd found she would embroider a word and that that word would undo him so it would be that kind of magical revenge and then we would finally see that magic in action and we would see her kind of embracing this heritage that her mum had been hiding from her and the fact that that didn't happen and instead we got this rather lackluster everyone's screaming at each other and then the bad guys just kind of fade away it kind of ruined the end of the book for me i will say that most of my issues with the book came from just like personal taste things so you know it was my personal taste about the magic system my personal taste about the ending but one thing did kind of stick out to me as being a very odd thing to have happened and it kind of broke my immersion for a little bit it was on page 236 and we're told that Mandy, who has previously bought a dress, has come into the dress shop to hand over, uh, quote, a thick wad of envelopes bound with a thin black ribbon. And she says that these were in the pockets of this dress. Um, this dress was like a wool dress, I guess kind of like a sweater dress that she had bought and had seemingly not noticed a thick wad of envelopes in the pocket of that dress when she tried it on in the shop also fabia tried that dress on she was actually wearing it when mandy came into the shop she was trying it on as like new stock to see if it suited her so she didn't notice that there were a thick wad of envelopes in the pocket of a dress she was wearing i i, I just didn't buy that and it kind of annoyed me um these envelopes don't even end up being that important it's some old love letters which get read once like one of them gets read and then it kind of ties into the plot later but nothing really comes of it so my immersion was broken for something that ended up not mattering that much uh, and i found that quite annoying 
And I, I know I've been a bit hard on it and I've been kind of negative about the magical system and the ending, but I really have to stress that this was quite a nice book to read. It was very light and fluffy and poetic. And I guess at the end it was kind of summed up and ended in a way that made sense. It just wasn't as satisfying as it could have been. You know, like there, there's a little, a few things there that could have made it so much better. And I'm kind of sad that we didn't, get that punchy ending that the rest of the book kind of deserved what we get in place of that is this revelation about ella's dad uh, fabia's husband being killed in a hate crime which is pretty gut-wrenching but again it wasn't a mystery that he had died so although the revelation is very emotional and adds a lot of emotional weight to the end of the book it doesn't necessarily add satisfaction and closure because it wasn't a mystery that we knew to want the answer to. It was appreciated, but it wasn't everything that I wanted it to be. However, um, there's like a little epilogue on the end which just talks about how the dress shop has been taken over by Ella and turned into a bookshop, you know, in the future where she's married to the first boy she fell in love with. Questionable. But I, I realised that the book that I also bought, because it was by Sophie Nichols, the bookshop one, which I think is called Miss Mary's Book of Dreams or something like that, is a direct sequel to The Dress, so that's pretty fortunate, and I've started reading that now. Um, kind of hoping for a little bit more magic in that, maybe a bit more showing that her magic, her gift, is actually being used. Um, but I guess The Dress is kind of a pretty good substitute if you've already read Chocolat and you want to read something that's like it. I wouldn't say it's as good, but it is still pretty good. So... With that sterling recommendation, it's definitely one to just read for a little bit of comfort. And uh, if you want to immerse yourself in the world of vintage clothing, if that's your thing, then this is a great book for you. In the meantime, if you've got any other books you'd like to recommend, let me know and I will see you in the next one.